Welcome to the Center for Christian Spirituality podcast. What follows is an audio recording of the weekly contemplative worship service at Chapelwood United Methodist Church in Houston, Texas. For the next 40 minutes, you are invited to engage and rest with scripture, music, prayer, silence, and brief meditations. Our hope is that you will allow wherever you are right now to be a sacred space for you, perhaps by resting in a favorite chair or lighting a candle, by gazing out a window or relaxing outside. A guide for this contemplative worship experience, including prayers, scriptures, and song lyrics, is available in PDF format at www.chapelwood.org. You can visit that same website to learn more about the Center for Christian Spirituality. The Center provides resources for people who seek a deepening relationship with God in a way that transforms their relationship with God, others, self, and the world. We are grateful you're sharing the journey with us today. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary the Magdalene came early when it was yet dark into the tomb, the place of remembrance, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the place of remembrance. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary the Magdalene came early. She came early when it was yet dark into the tomb, the place of remembrance, and saw that the stone had been taken from the place of remembrance.
anyone else knew, the earth knew. We just sing about it. In the darkness, Christ rose. The earth knew first. We knew later. Creation felt the shift. Now, on this morning, I have this picture of maybe what it was like for Mary Magdalene. How maybe she had spent a sleepless night. She and all the other followers of Jesus, all in one room, perhaps, because, you know, they were from out of town. And just the trauma of all that they had experienced. They were just all for safety, for comfort together, all piled in a room together. But Mary couldn't sleep. And so early, early in the morning, she gathered up her robe and her sandals and crept out the door and down the desolate streets of Jerusalem, making her way to the tomb, literally meaning the place of remembrance. She wanted to remember. Something in her needed to be as physically close to Jesus as she could. There is a deep knowing in our bodies, isn't there? When we want to remember someone we lost, what do we do? But we try to be as close to them as we physically can, even if we can't be with them in the flesh. Or what if there is a time that we want to go back to? Or what if there is a version of ourselves we want to go back to? What do we do? But we, we maybe we put on a song that calls us back. Maybe we go and eat something that reminds us of that person or that time. Maybe we go to the places physically where we felt that particular way. We use every sense that we can, don't we? And we have been exploring our senses as thresholds into something bigger and deeper this past Lent, haven't we? We will employ all of our senses trying to remember trying to get back to what we had. Mary, she went to the place of remembrance. She went to the tomb. You know, in some of the Gospels, we're told that it was several women that gathered up spices and oils and went to the tomb to tend to Jesus' body. But here in the Gospel of John, it is Mary alone. She wanted to get close to him, maybe. Or maybe she just needed that quiet space to recount 
their days together, the things that he taught her, or maybe just to process the trauma. There was something in him that helped her know who she was. And perhaps she was trying to get back to that. Well, as each of us bring ourselves to this space and to this time, on this Easter Sunday, April 9th, 2023, what are you trying to remember? Is there something that you're trying to get back to? What tomb are you standing in front of this morning? Let us consider.
Mary stood at the tomb, the place of remembrance, weeping outside. And as she was weeping, she stooped down into the place of remembrance. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have borne him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means my teacher. And then Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. Then Mary the Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have beheld the Lord. And that he had said these things to her. Mary goes to the place of remembrance in the dark. And I am reminded, like Rachel um, said earlier, resurrection uh, begins in the dark. Early in the morning. But this is much more than simply this outer darkness that she is in. Um, She is in a dark night of the soul as well. And you might be familiar with that phrase. It has become more in mainstream psychology these days. Um, But it's 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 an ancient phrase that has been used in the history of Christian spirituality about a particular phase that the soul goes through that is like a dark night. And the dark night of the soul actually is made up of a few different phases. And one of those is called the dark night of the senses. Over the past many weeks, we've been talking about sensing God at Chapelwood, and how we use all of our many senses to encounter God. But there comes a time where we might not be able to trust our senses anymore. And she, obviously, Mary, is in a place where she can't trust her senses. Some 
interesting things are going on in this passage. She sees angels, but she's not disturbed by the angels. I would be disturbed by two angels, wouldn't you? But she doesn't blink. She just is just talking to the angels. But she sees Jesus, but she doesn't see Jesus. And she knew Jesus, but she doesn't see Jesus. She's at a place where she can't trust her senses. And all of us at different times in our lives, at different times in our day, we can't trust our senses. Sometimes we're so glued to our senses that we can't see what's really happening. We're not really present to what is really unfolding. And she's so immersed in her own despair, her own clinging to Jesus, that she can't see the living Christ. And I think that's true for us. I think at some point, in certain points of our spiritual journey, we can't cling to how we've experienced Jesus. He's asking us to not cling to how we've experienced Jesus. That there's something beyond how we've experienced Jesus. That we can't go back. Finding places of remembrance can be helpful. But we're meant to move beyond remembering to being resurrected. Ultimately, it's not just Jesus who experiences resurrection on Resurrection Sunday. It's Mary. Mary the Magdalene, who, while she may have been from the place Magdala, it's also, I think, a title Jesus gave her at some point, the Magdalene, which means the tower. The tower. And like Mary, we're meant to become the tower that stands upright, a tower of strength, a tower that once you ascend to the place of the tower, you can see more clearly. You can see the landscape, you can see how things are unfolding. You live from a different place. Ultimately, within yourself, it's a place of resurrection. It's a place of seeing. Jesus says, don't cling to the way you've known me. I'm ascending to the Father, to the source. And from that place, you'll be able to see that I am in all things, all places, all people, And you will encounter me in new ways beyond your wildest imagination. But as long as we're clinging to the old ways we've experienced Jesus, we won't be in our senses enough to see. (laughs) Our new senses. This morning, on this Resurrection Sunday... I sense God is asking us to let the past go. And we are invited to walk 
into the future. We are invited to walk into something new that we won't be able to participate in unless we're able to let go, to not cling. And it helps to have places and practices like this place and the practice of contemplative worship and the practice of contemplative prayer where in so many ways in contemplative prayer we go into our own being as a place of remembrance to touch base, to encounter God. But like Mary, we're not meant to stay here. Whether that's here or whether that's here, we're meant to go. We're meant not to just see the angels, but in a very real way, Mary becomes the angel. Jesus actually tells her, go and tell the disciples. And that's, that same word, tell, the root word is angel. Go and be the angel. Go and bear the message that divine love is in you and everywhere. So as we walk into this new day, what is the divine inviting you? What newness, what new way of being is God inviting you into this morning? How are you being asked to rise up, walk in newness of life, to live resurrection now?
And it's a series of prompts followed by a moment of silence for you to lift up your own um, intercessions. And then Peter will lead us in a line of refrain. Let us pray. When we are trapped in that which is lifeless, give us eyes to see your life open up before us. Give them courage to step forward toward the life you offer. death rules in troubled places around the world, send your life and light. wide tombs of hatred, isolation, and division, and raise us to oneness with you and each other. Yeah. 
dear brothers and sisters, we have heard the good news about Jesus the Christ written in the Holy Gospels and spoken into our lives by the Holy Spirit. We, we believe what, what we have heard, heard that Christ, Christ is alive among us. We have passed on to you what is most important. Jesus, the Christ, died for our sins, bringing healing for our wounded souls and life to our fragile bodies. By his death, death has been overcome and the sickness of sin no longer enslaves us. In former times, many women and men testified to his empty grave and many others witnessed him alive in their world. We, we too have seen Christ alive in our world. We too experience his life in us and among us. Whether we know it or not, we have each seen the risen Christ. Perhaps when we, when we have least expected it, God has accessed our hearts and opened us to the presence of the Beloved One as an act of grace. By, By the, the grace, grace of God, I am who I am, and God's grace to me has not been empty. We come to this table today to receive Christ and live more fully into him. In this meal, the living Christ comes to us as an act of mercy and grace. And so we remember that Jesus says, women, men. Boys and girls, what are you looking for? The kingdom of God is within you and all around you. Divine love is within you and all around you. This, Jesus says, is my very body. It's broken for you. Take this. Eat this. And when you do, remember. Eat this in deep remembrance. Remember me and then walk in resurrected life. And the resurrected Christ says, this is my cup. This is my blood which is poured out for you. Drink, drink deeply. And may it bring deep remembrance of who you are and to whom you belong. You are mine, and I am yours, and we are one. Through the love that he showed in the sacrifice of himself, we too are empowered to be agents of love and reconciliation through the power he showed in his rising from death, we too are raised to walk in newness of life. Living, Living Christ, we, we receive you into ourselves as we take this meal together in your name. Raise us to walk in new life. Amen. So we have three communion stations set up. We hope that each of you will join in this feast of thanksgiving, in this feast of remembrance, because it is for each of us. 
So you come to the communion station. Uh, when you come, put your hands in a receptive kind of way, and the server will put a bit of bread into your hand. There will be a cup for you on the pedestal, and you are free to take it right there or move to the side or come up to the communion rails and offer your prayers and thanksgiving. The uh, candle banks are open to receive your prayers as well. And there are little baskets on the front pew where you can place your empty cup. Friends, this meal is for you. Come with open and joyful hearts. Let us feast.
We're grateful for your presence here this morning. Thank you for being here for this experience of contemplative worship on this Resurrection Sunday. Uh, There are uh, many ways you can continue to remember and and live uh, this day of resurrection. Many different services that continue to go on here at Chapelwood. Um, But if you are also wanting to linger a little bit longer into silence... Um, we often facilitate a time of um, centering prayer after the worship service. So if you would like to do that, you can gather in this area and for another like 10 minutes or so of extended silence. Um, or you can join us um, when you're able out in the foyer for more um, coffee and fellowship. Uh, we have other things going on in the Center for Christian Spirituality over the next uh, few weeks and Um, Some of the information you can find at our table in the foyer. But a couple of those, real quick. One is an experience of gastro church, which is a wonderful time of conversation around really good food. And that happens on April 22nd. There's a flyer out there for you about that. But there's also um, a special day pilgrimage to Freedmanstown that's happening on April 29th. Uh, a contemplative walk and understanding of that community. And there's a labyrinth there. And you learned about the history of the, um, of the African-American uh, um, churches there, Baptist churches and that community. And so we encourage you to learn more about that as well um, out in the foyer. Our practice here at the center um, as we conclude our experience of contemplative worship is not to give a traditional benediction um, where the person up here says a good word to you, but rather to turn within and for you to ask, what, oh God, is your good word for me this day? So what is a word or a phrase or what experience from this time will you take with you um, so that you can remember it, um, but also live into it? this day and this week. So we ask you just to linger for a few more moments and be receptive to God's good word for you. And once you receive it or once you choose it, we ask you to depart this space uh, in silence as you go about your day. Um, And then you can either come further here for more silence or join us out there as you go about your day. May we live in the grace and peace and the deep love of God as we walk into newness of life. Thank you. 